And this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 13th of May, 2011. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find hundreds of audios to download for free. And all the sites listed on the com site, they're the official sites I have. They all carry transcripts as well of a lot of the talks in English for print-up. And you can go into Alan Watts Sentinel, sentinel sentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. And remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you and therefore I depend upon you to keep me going. Uh, therefore, if you buy the books and discs I have for sale, hopefully I'll go for a little bit longer because it's expensive doing what I do, and I don't bring on uh, advertisers as guests and so on. So it's up to you, the listeners, to keep me going. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can purchase using uh, a international uh, postal money order from your post office. You can use a personal check. You can use Zencash. You can use PayPal. To order, use the donation button and follow it with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. And straight donations, too, are greatly appreciated. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union and MoneyGram and PayPal again to, to order or to donate through the donation button. And on this broadcast, I try and give you the, uh, the, sim- the system, really, this massive superstructure that runs the world that was created a long time ago with very rich people, who've gotten an awful lot richer in the centuries too, by the way, who set up an interlacing uh, system of countries through, via money uh, and merchandising uh, and then taking control, of course, naturally of the governments very quickly too by putting their own boys in place, uh, forming societies which are legitimate societies uh, and registered too, but it's for their own benefits. And they literally, through geopolitics, always plan the future with the wars that are coming, uh, the wars that have been already, of course, and what they would do with those countries. And part of it was to take over the the resources of the whole planet. That's everything, not just of value, uh, such as um, commodities and so on, such as gold and silver, diamonds and everything else, but also and and sugar and uh, food, everything. Literally everything that you need to live, they wanted to take over. And they set up the United Nations, a long time ago to do this very job through treaties and organizations. Plus, they used the Marxist concept to rule the world. They think it's far more efficient than using democracy, and therefore when you have masses of bureaucrats running the citizenry, it's much easier to keep them all under control because they simply dictate from the top and everyone else dictates to those below them down to the bottom lot, and that's the masses. And that's why they like this Marxist-type system. We are post-democratic, they've told us so, and yet these same same characters are using your armies across the world to finish off and standardize the last few countries that are not under their central and global banking systems and under the farce of democracy. Democracy simply means uh, the standard indoctrination into the same system. And you start off with the school children, very young, 
who all get the UNESCO uh, treatment, basically, the standardized new version of history and reality. And then it's simply uh, reinforced throughout their lives through media and entertainment and everything else that we see. Very old system. Uh, they've pretty well pulled off what they wanted to accomplish. And, of course, they also knew through science, when they're heavily into science and, and, and they fund academia and research, for their own use, of course, because they don't believe in giving any treatments that really do work to anybody except themselves. After all, they want to depopulate, not increase the populations, and they're, they're at that stage too. They're well way ahead of anything that you'll ever know, way ahead of what your average doctor or your surgeon uh, even knows, and way above what the average geneticist knows as well. They've done it all a long time ago. It's not research, they're, into, they're always into the real search. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And last night I talked about the upcoming new or uh, second Rio summit with all these private organizations that run your lives, actually. It's not governments. They simply hand over what they want to the governments, and it's all drafted up. The governments sign it into law, and that's it. And at the Rio Air Summit, of course, the first one in 92, gave us the, all, all the different agendas we were to live through, which we have lived through. Agenda 21, sustainability, all the greening stuff, and so on and so on. Depopulation of the rural areas into the cities. That's all part of sustainability and Agenda 21. And you read these articles across the world. They're all related to it, but very few actually know it, what's happening to them, because they get just the effects, basically, given to them in the newspapers. Here's an article I mentioned last night, but never read. It's from Der Spiegel online about Germany. And it says, uh, half empty, a slow, painful demise of rural Germany. A massive exodus is causing cities across Germany to swell. And that's the idea. They say we must be more denser under Agenda 21. Uh, while draining rural areas of people, money, and life. While funds are needed elsewhere, uh, more should be done to save dying communities. They say, well, it's not going to happen because see, this is an agenda we're living through. Remember, I read the article maybe a year or two ago from the United Nations on sustainability, and they said that by the year 2030 or so, less than 3% of the people will live across the world uh, on, in rural areas, and these ones will be extremely wealthy. And what they actually mean by that are the high bureaucrats that got you off your land, the ones working for the world government. That's what they really mean by that. So anyway, this article here talks about Germany and how bad it is and so on, and they give you a couple of examples of different towns and so on. And it says, just take the figures. 85 out of one town's 820 houses are empty. The town has had uh, 3,000 inhabitants not too long ago, but now there are only 1,900. When elderly citizens have, citizens have passed away, there's been no one there to replace them. Nobody lives there anymore either, Dom says, pointing to a mint green single-family house. Industrial bakery moved to the east, he explains and the area in front of the former garden furniture factory is full of dandelions. And he mentions the grocery uh, moved off last year too, and no trains have passed since 1994. And then he goes into the fact that this is again communitarianism which is coming in, where your little area will have to purchase or borrow money from the World Bank. It says, uh, since people are moving away from Nordhalben, it's had to borrow 3.5 million uh, euros just to make ends meet. 
We're now taking out loans just to pay off our other loans, Dom says. We were a company with a classic case of insolvency. And then it goes into um, how, the, how actually uh, the different the richer states are getting money away, supposedly, to the poorer ones. But actually it's going through the United Nations, and they don't know this in this article, obviously. It's called the redistribution of wealth. Uh, but it's not into your own countries. So jumping from there and keeping in mind what I mentioned last night on the upcoming Rio in 2012, part two, uh, here's an article here from Australia, and it's, it's, it's a bit more explicit in Agenda 21, but I don't think it mentions it. Urban sprawl is over, but so is Australian dream of home and land ownership, says Mayor Sustainability Report. Uh, the government sustainability report released plan for high density and regional growth at cities. And uh, the, the Fabian Socialist Prime Minister have got their um, plans to uh, reduce the commuter pain because there's more of them are flooding into the cities, getting taxed off their land, or they can't use their land actually under Agenda 21. A lot of farmers can't use their lands now. They've been designated as carbon sinks, so they can't grow anything, so they have to pack up and leave. The days of cities stretching into ugly, ugly, unserviced urban sprawls. I love that term. Sprawls, nasty words. So they always use a negative word when it's part of it. They want you to go, oh, oh, sprawl, you know, sprawling all over the place. According to a major federal government report on the future livability of Australia, the emphasis instead will be on infill to make inner cities more efficient by increasing the population density. So by crowding in like cattle, that's going to make the cities more efficient. You have to be really stupid to understand this, you know. And on developing jobs and community resources in the regions. But Australians are going to have to revise their ambitions for owning land and a house because they're they're buying them in places where there are severe job shortages and few facilities. Uh, and they made sure of that too. The government plans, that is. Uh, Prime Minister Julia Gillard uh, today also pledged herself to easing the expensive ordeal of the long commuter hall from outer suburbs to employment in the city heart. And then we know a lot of people are on the roads because they've got to travel a long way uh, from home to work, said the Prime Minister. So anyway... Australia is, is, is a, a shining example of Agenda 21. I've actually watched a couple of videos that were sent to me on the farmers who've had to give up their land. They can't grow a darn thing because the, the federal government has declared them uh, carbon sinks. And mind you, once you're off your land, it's still yours, so you have to keep paying taxes on it. And well, who's going to buy it off you? Hmm? Who's going to buy it? They can't use it. Anyway, it says planners should alleviate the outward growth of cities. And there was stop it, stop outward growth of cities. You know, that sprawl. By exploiting space in underused and derelict sites at the heart of capitals, according to the government's sustainability strategy released today by Sustainability Minister Tony Burke on the Gold Coast. Uh, infill development has the potential to increase the efficiency for major cities through economies of scale. That means absolutely nothing. It said the integrated inner, inner urban areas linked to transport corridors, and that's what it's all from Agenda 21, these transport corridors, human corridors, animal corridors, and none can cross over the other and so on. Green spaces and recreation locations offers an opportunity to provide high amenity living environments while m- maximizing the use of existing services and infrastructure. What a lot of prattly nonsense, isn't it? The, the, the spiel that comes out, bureaucraties. Uh, that says utterly nothing except we're cramming you into overcrowded cities. That's what it means. You know. 
This would require families to reconsider the drive to own land and follow other lifestyle choices in outer areas where the job opportunities were limited. So, Agenda 21, you're all living under it. Every country uh, is in on this. They all signed, all your supposed uh, prime ministers and presidents across the world signed this deal, and they've been making it harder and harder to live in rural areas, because they say it's sprawl, sprawl. If you're not really necessary to, say, a big corporate farming system, then you shouldn't be living there at all. That's just, that's how that's how they basically put it. And they want you in so that you'll die off over the next up to 2050. And then the population is to just drastically drop, apparently, according to all their studies. And I'm sure they'll make that happen, too, at the right time. Now... I've also mentioned John Anthony Hill, and, and uh, who um, he was the guy who did Seven Seven Ripple Effect, a very good video to show you all the holes in the official story of these guys who supposedly did the bombings in London, and he called them patsies, and he also sent off videos uh, of set of uh, Ripple Effect to the judge and people um, concerned with the case, and they charged him basically on terrorism for doing so, and whipped him off to England after uh, failing him twice in the Irish courts, they whipped him off to England, hoping he would just disappear, and to be a lesson to others not to interfere in the official stories, and he's just apparently uh, won his case in England. So uh, he's probably dead broke, actually, because they certainly didn't give him help, I'm, I'm sure, on that. But um, it says here, a man who sent a DVD to bereaved families from the July 7 attacks claiming the four London suicide bombers were innocent patsies, uh, he told the court One of the packages included a letter to John Hyman Telling him his daughter Miriam Did not die in the Tavistock Square bus Blast but was murdered by the security service At Canary Wharf in London Southwark Crown Court was told And it's not as far-fetched as you might think You should really watch this the video If it's still up there 7-7 seven, seven ripple effect They had people on trains that were, that, that, When the trains weren't even running that, that uh, time and so on he, he did a lot of homework to put this together to just shoot down the official story. And I'm sure these guys probably were patsies. They had to kick it off, just like they kicked off 9-11. Remember what they said uh, before 9-11 happened at the higher levels? We need a, a, another type of um, uh, Japan-type attack, like World War II attack, a Pearl Harbor event to get the public behind us. Well, it was the same in Britain. And bingo, you got it. And it, but there's so many holes well pointed out in this video, well worth watching, but at least he's got off with it at last. And mind you, if you had no coverage at all, these guys will throw you in the slammer and forget all about you forever, uh, like they've done all down through the centuries. And uh, it's only through getting some exposure to get folk to, to stick on track and, and let the authorities know that you're watching. Does anything get done at all? And this article here, too, is about the banks. These wonderful banks, you know, that have smiling ads. They're helping people on television. And, so. and this is from Ireland. It says, banks are driving some borrowers who cannot pay their debts to suicide. The master of the high court warned last night. Ed Honohan, brother of Central Bank Governor Patrick Honohan, told the Irish Independent he decided to speak out against the banks and other creditors because he dealt with several debt cases where the borrowers had subsequently taken their own lives. He added that he also decided to speak out as many borrowers who cannot repay their loans, such as mortgages, credit cards, and personal loans, are being pursued by banks who've already written off the debts. Remember, these banks are all insured too, eh? But they're still going after the cash. 
It says this was leading to meaningless accountancy exercises that were driving some people to suicide. An extraordinary intervention on the, on the deepening debt crisis, Mr. Honan strongly criticized banks and other creditors for pursuing to the bitter end debtors who cannot pay judgment mortgages. Now, now these creeps that they hire to harass you for credit really bring out the real face of banking and money. Uh, there's nothing nicey-nicey about it, smiling little tellers on the screen in the ads. These are hard cases that also do the underworld uh, uh, debt collection, you know, with big fists and stuff. And they threaten you, they threaten your families and everything else. And and that's they're allowed, they, they get away with this because banks have a special kind of right, you understand, in this system. So that's, that's what they're doing to people to get cash back where they've already basically been paid by the insurance companies for it. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're cutting through the matrix and I've mentioned for years and years and years all uh, the stuff about building up internal armies under the guise of police and so on. Uh, It's been going on for 20 years or more. It's all been done to take care of the phase we're going through now as it brings us all down into utter poverty, high gasoline and so on. Uh, No jobs for people. It's all been uh, exported off to China by using your tax money because your own leaders again signed the World Trade Organization's deal that allowed your factories to get up and leave and lots of businesses to just get up and go. And they also knew that a service economy that would come out of it as you pass things around made in China, just pass them around from, from seller to seller till the person in the street gets them, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't last for terribly long, especially when you've got massive debts and lots of wars to fight and conquer for global dominance and so on. So we're at that stage now, and we've watched pretty well the Western world turn into a Stasi police state. And it's getting worse all the time. And it, it will get a lot worse than this because you understand what totalitarianism means. And it's to take care of all the riots and predict the riots before they happen when it comes down to fighting for food and everything else where people will eventually riot for. The mob never fights uh, over informed decisions before the event hits them badly, they simply riot when they don't have enough to eat and so on. And this is well understood at the top. So they keep you lulled into a false sense of security, turn on the TV, your favorite shows are still there, things must be just dandy, and, and so on and so on. And you get all these nice cheap electronic pieces of junk to play with and get monitored with, and you don't mind that at all. And uh, so you're occupied. You've lots of things to keep your mind busy, even if, you're, if your pocket's got holes in it. It doesn't matter. Anyway... The next step, too, apart from the Internet and all the rest of it, is is no right to resist uh, illegal police entry into homes. And this is a precedent-setting decision. It starts off in Indianapolis, overturning a common law dating back to the English Magna Carta in 1215. The Indiana Supreme Court ruled Thursday that the Hoosiers have no right to resist unlawful police entry into their homes. In a 3-2 decision, Justice Stephen David, writing for the court, said if a police officer wants to enter a home for any reason or no reason at all, a homeowner cannot do anything to block the officer's entry. 
It says, we believe a right to resist an unlawful police entry into a home is against public policy and it's incompatible with modern Fourth Amendment jurisprudence, David said. We also find that allowing resistance unnecessarily escalates the level of violence and therefore the risk of injuries to all parties involved without preventing the arrest. David said a person arrested following an unlawful entry by police still can be released on bail and has plenty of opportunities to protest the illegal entry through the court system. Oh, sure. Little old Jew is going to take on the court system, right? Oh, Jew. Anyway, it's a must-be, obviously. You, you know where it's all going. You know why it's going this way. And uh, just last week, I think it was, I had an article where... Um, a man who was helping his buddy move into a home, he was a cop actually, who was moving his buddy into a home, uh, saw someone across the street uh, take his firearm into a neighbor's house. And so this cop just went over, uh, had an argument with the guy, and followed him into the house and shot him dead. And it turns out that the guy was going in uh, to, to his buddy's place because they were going to take their guns out to the shooting range that day. And uh, the cop just walked in the home, you know. So this is your this is your rights the the new rights for the new society in a post democratic society, and they've taught the youngsters for about twenty five years really that cops are something supreme, they're not servants of the public at all. They've, they've reversed your perception of what they are, and most folk accept that quite uh, quite naturally now. So we've all been trained very very well by our masters, haven't we? Awfully, awfully well through. Remember what Jack Zalal said that all television and movies to do with police and medicine, that's pharma and medicine and hospitals, isn't it? It, it says they're all propaganda. All these fictions and dramas and movies you watch to do with them are propaganda to indoctrinate you that they are no longer servants, they are the bosses, they are the authorities. Same with governments too, mind you. Because governments are supposed to be supposed to be servants, but they've been serving themselves for over a hundred years, pretty well. And if you read uh, that I've mentioned before, the impact of science on society by one of the men who worked on the global think tanks that brought you this system, because the the present system that is, and who were working on it from the thirties right through the fifties, sixties, and seventies. One was Bertrand Russell, and, and and he said in the Scientific Outlook. He said, I think the subject which will be of most importance politically is mass psychology. Its importance has been enormously increased by the growth of modern methods of propaganda. Of these, the most influential is what is called education. Remember I read the article there day through UNESCO, how they, they brainwash all the youth through the standard nonsense that they teach them? Religion plays a part, though a diminishing one. The press, the cinema, and the radio play an increasing part of ad television and internet now. It may be hoped that in time anybody will be able to persuade anybody else of anything if he can catch the patient young and is provided by the state with money and equipment. Although the science will be diligently studied, it will be rigidly confined to the governing class. In other words, everybody else is to be ignorant that they're even being manipulated. The populace will not be allowed to know how its convictions were generated. They give you your opinions, right? When the technique has been perfected, every government that has been in charge of education for a generation will be able to control its subjects securely without the need of armies or policemen. And the reason is, of course, you're predictable because you have all these electronic gadgets watching you, monitoring and, and finding out what your personality profile is, see if there's any changes and so on. So that's really how it's done, you see. It's perfected way beyond that level even. And you're going through the final stages. Back with more after this break. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. And just before I take the callers, I've mentioned for years, too, that we've all to go down uh, with med- medical health insurance and so on and care at the bottom level to get dias up, to kill off faster, basically, and how the government's been after it for years to have the power to, to decide who, who should get basically terminated and who shouldn't. And Obama, wonderfully enough, is he, he got, got RAN Corporation. He studied the best system that would lead to this uh, debauchery of a system of healthcare. Uh, and it, they copied the, Britain, the British system. That's the one that Rand said that they preferred, which is almost nothing left at all. For, if, you, if you're a nobody, there's a bit nothing left for you uh, as far as healthcare goes. They've gutted the whole healthcare system, except for the ultra-rich. And he's an article here, legalizing assisted suicide would lead to death on prescription. This is in Britain. Uh, the sick and disabled will be able to buy suicide drugs at the chemist, that's a pharmacy, if the law is changed to allow assisted dying. Now, it's not terminal, remember, it's just for the sick and so on. Two of the country's most eminent legal and, and medical experts claim any such law will open the way for pharmacists and nurses to prescribe drugs to help the patients kill themselves, warned Lord, Lord Carlyle and Baroness Finlay. Now, they must give you legal, legality. This is actually legality, this, this exposure of it, you see. Because you all sit back and think, well, I'm fit and okay, you know, it's nothing to do with me, until it's your turn, and then you get the chop, you see. So they always tell you what they're going to do, uh, because if you're, you acquiesce by silence. That, that's how the law works. And no one complains, and so they go ahead and do it. So this is the, the warning you're being given. They also said liberalizing euthanasia will open uh, the way for the establishment of state agencies to assess whether or not sick patients should be helped to die. And you can read this one for yourself. I'll put these links up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the broadcast. And we'll go to Bob from Texas, who's hanging on the line there. Are you there, Bob? Hello, Alan. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Uh, good to hear from you. Hey, listen, I've got so much to talk about here. And I don't know, you just bring it out in me here. Uh, one of the callers had talked about the Georgia Guidestones. Yeah. Uh, and my feeling is a lot of that kind of stuff, is created to draw fire mm-hmm. and people to uh, so they can monitor people's responses on this sort of thing to mm-hmm. adjust their agenda accordingly. What do you think? It could be that too, but plus what they also do. Remember, for everything that you can think of to combat this system, they they thought about this before they gave you the internet, and they didn't sit and wait until people start to talk about what they're doing to us. They make sure that we're guided to to things to talk about so we can all prattle about it ourselves and all the rest of it. But you're quite right. It's a diversion to an extent. But, but even that's also a legality, the very fact that the state allowed that to be built and stand there uh, untouched, basically protected. That's an insult to us or anybody else who's living because it's telling you we want to kill most of you. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, it gives them kind of a power to, to do mm-hmm. something like that, you yeah. think? Yeah, absolutely. And then, too, uh, you know, you commented on the uh, these ruthless uh, debt collectors, uh, and I would almost think that these people would would rather for you, uh, I say you, and I say that generically, to to uh, to you know commit suicide. People that are oh, yeah. that are in these uh, these financial crises to do that. It's almost like they, hey, you go ahead, do it. Yeah, yeah. You know. That's uh, true. Also, too, you know, on the suicide thing, 
I think so many of these so-called suicide uh, martyrs for whatever, as far as the terrorism thing goes, they go around blowing themselves up for this and that. I think they are totally brainwashed by a, a uh, sinister system that's out there uh, to create havoc. And yep. uh, I, I think that they, what, what do you think, a Manchurian Order out of chaos. To, to get new order, which is what, what they're after, you must create total chaos. And I, I, and I mentioned uh, that on the night of 9-11 when it happened on the radio. I said, you're going to see all the things that you see in warfare. That meant poverty, people on the streets, people traveling with refugees, being moved from area to area. We saw that in New Orleans. Uh, and rationing, I said, rationing would come out and poverty and all the rest of it. You, you're going to see all of that come about as you reshape uh, what, what, what was once called the first world nations. They've already decided back in the 30s who they're going to build up to take over from the U.S., and that is China, and that's from their own call, uh, CFR books. But I have them all here. Yeah, it, it's total insanity. I think that, you know, the U.N. is a concept. I mean, it's the reality of the United Nations. They mm-hmm. are, let, let's say, let's, I don't say reality. If, if what they put out is yeah. like we're for the good, we're for, you know, mm-hmm. feeding people and helping people and humanity and so forth. If that was the case, the U.N. would be a good thing. But yeah. it, it really, it's not. It's not. No, it's whole, it's whole agenda, when you read it, is Marxist. The whole agenda. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's total control. And, it, and then it talks, uh, you know, I was, you know, you mentioned about the uh, television shows, and I've been noticing this for years. You know, there used to be westerns here in in, the, in America. The western was a big thing, you know, because of the pioneer thing, going into the west. And you know, you'd see that on television. Then they got rid of that, as far as you know, television entertainment and, and that and programming and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Then it was replaced, and I'm tell- it's like all you see now is uh, uh, medical shows, yeah. cop shows, law enforcement, legal shows, everything that's legal. And if you if you watch it, there's so many things that are put on there and uh, about current political uh, things that are going on now. Yeah. You know, politically, it has nothing to do with entertainment or, or what or you know so forth. It's all about, um, and it all has to do something with legal. They like to show this legal yeah. law enforcement force. Type thing. They must because they've got so many laws still to, to, to give to you, all drafted up as we go through into chaos, uh, that you must obey them immediately without thinking rather than say, wait a minute here, should this be a law or not? You know, should I even obey it? But so they're training the public that, that law is the new God, you know, the new priesthood or the lawyers. Yeah, and, 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 and all this yeah. forensic stuff and like you said, ah, they yeah. forensic stuff in, in, in kind of desensitizing people to um, Death. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It, yeah. uh, man, another thing before I close here is the, uh, you know, this is kind of off of it, but it was just the thought that came up. OnStar, this thing with OnStar, you hear all these OnStar, you know, commercials, they're here to help you. You know, no, they're not. They're there to watch you. They're there yeah. to, you know, uh, oh, if you were in an accident, well, it, you know, an accident can happen whether you have OnStar or not. You That's know, right. is OnStar going to be there? You see what I'm getting at? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, I just thought I'd call. Appreciate you. And, uh, uh, you know, doing my best to support you, brother. Uh, thanks for calling. And you take, take care. care. Bye now. Now, there's Barry from England hanging on there. Are you there, Barry? Hi. Hello. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I have a few questions for you um, relating to some some things I think you've mentioned previously before on the show. Yeah. Um, we know, obviously, the U.S. government has had its Axis of Evil list for, for some time now, and there are yeah. six or seven different uh, rogue or supposedly rogue independent states on there. Mm -hmm. um, Libya, Syria, Iran, obviously, and I think North Korea, Venezuela, Belarus, and Burma were, were sort of added to that later on. Yeah. Um, now, there is something else. There's been a lot of action recently, um, and it's made, it's made the news... Um, on a, on a low level, I think, um, that the Russian special forces have been doing a lot in Chechnya and Dagestan recently, you know, the semi-autonomous Muslim republics, Islamic republics within the Russian Federation. Yeah. You mentioned this, I think, uh, recently, that you know, the Western intelligence agencies are very interested in the Black Sea region, you know, the Caspian Sea and so on. Now, um, you know, I've seen a video recently where I think somebody with an, I heard somebody with an American accent uh, you know, uh, involved in training up the rebels, yeah. you shoot down a, a Russian helicopter, and we know a lot of uh, a lot of the rebels in that part of the world come from Saudi Arabia, yeah. uh, Libya, Algeria, and Turkey. So they're not actually Chechens, uh, a lot of them. Yeah. So my question to you is, what exactly is is going on there? Is there a kind of um, surely it's not a straightforward resource grab because these people have all the resources that they need and other parts of the world? Is it more to do with controlling perceptions around energy supply or energy security to try and get the oil and gas routes under under their management, yeah. under their control, or is, is it related to that somehow? Or, you know, what do you think? It is actually it is actually related to that. They had some um, uh, articles here, in fact, to do with a, a massive uh, pipeline that was scheduled to go right through uh, Afghanistan and other places too. And uh, the, the Western powers are, have already built the business up that's, that's taking care of it or going to take care of it. Canadian troops and others are to, are to guard it on its whole length right through all these countries. That's part of it. But back in the, in the early 90s, the Council on Foreign Relations put out their new preparations for war and the new type of warfare they're going to use to finish this job off. And basically it was with special forces. They would cut down the main forces, they would bring out special forces, and they would be active all the time. Now that also inc includes the new Russia. And uh, remember, special forces and even peacetime armies are mercenaries. We don't realize uh, when we talk about, say, um, Muslim countries, that most of these guys that are professional we, we call them terrorists, they're actually mercenaries, just like, and they would say the same about our special forces in peacetime too. They're actually mercenaries. So it's, again, it's, it's altering your perspective, perspective on who these guys actually are. And they're awfully good at doing that by just changing the terms. And because you live in one country, you want to think of those guys as an enemy because you've been trained to think that way. And, um, and, and, and but you never, turn the tables and say, wait a minute, our guys are active across the world in small groups, causing uprisings, uh, fomenting revolutions, and, but they're good guys, they're good uh, mercenaries, they're good terrorists. So you understand this is, a, this is the new system. But it's also, again, I mean, you have to take all the wars that are underway right now, and most of them are against what's called the Islamic nations. That's your key to it. And the, the CFR, the Council of Foreign and the Royal Institute of International Affairs said years ago that they'd never allow, they'd never allow, um, a, 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 a sort of theocra a theocratic system uh, to, to rule anywhere in the world in the, in the new world order that we're bringing in. 
And if you, as you know, uh, Islam isn't just uh, a religion, it's a way of life. It literally permeates from whatever kind of government you have all down through the system. It's very, it's very precise. And so the, the, they must eradicate that system. It has no usury too, technically, at least in, in the really orthodox. There's no usury system. Doesn't have, uh, doesn't borrow money from the world banks and so on. They try and live within their means, which they generally do. And there's no big profits for the big bankers. In other words, the big bankers can't control you via debt and control your, your whole country via debt with the IMF. So that all had to be obliterated and in comes UNESCO. Whenever you go in, you bring UNESCO in first. They grab the first generation of children. They're the young generation because they know it'll take maybe 10 years to get some stable puppet government up and going. Uh, and so they grab children around the age of about 15 or so, train them, and uh, they become the first bureaucrats for, for that country, trained in a form of, of Marxism, you might say. And uh, they actually select them for their, their atheistic qualities, more easily brainwashed into the new system, and they become the new rulers. This is a, a, a very old technique that Britain's used for centuries, actually, and um, it works very well. And part of the charter under the United Nations that they set up, because it really was taken initially from, from the, the, the Royal Institute of International Affairs Charter, they, said that they gave it to them, the UN because they set up the UN. They said that, that they must be based on the British system. And Britain would be going to countries like India, but it would never pull out. It would never pull out until they set up a mini British Parliament in that system, or, or a duplicate British Parliament system and a bureaucratic system and its own Whitehall. And, and they'd still keep it under uh, under um, the British Commonwealth. You know, they still keep, and, and so India is still under the British Commonwealth. Uh, you're going to realize that they must, they must always still give their laws over to the Queen of England to sign into law and all the rest of it. So, uh, and there's a lot of payoffs for the guys at the top that, that stay in the Commonwealth as well, but not for the people. So there are a lot, a lot of big games on the go the public are totally ignorant of and are kept in the dark. Now, when it came to emerging new nations after the Cold War, they were writing stacks and screeds of stuff on how they'd manage this and which countries would be allowed to become independent, and which ones would try and become independent, including Chechnya. They knew this back in the 80s, you know, and they said they would very, never they, allow... They do it in a very sophisticated way, don't they? I mean, um, yeah. uh, it seems that the Western operation, you know, the Western group's intelligence operations wanted to turn the entire landmass between the Caspian Sea and Black Sea mm -hmm. uh, into an Islamic emirate, but of course... Uh, they're just sort of using Islam as, as, a, as a temporary tool or vehicle to gain yeah. control over that region. And the, the, the Muslim groups feel that they'll be, they'll be allowed to continue with their own culture and do what they want to do. But yes. at the end of it all, the end of the process, they kind of get stabbed in the back and a kind of, um, a kind of westernized or watered-down version of Islam yes. is sort of allowed instead. And they don't, they don't really get what they thought they were getting. Yeah. Um, but also, I think, uh, you know, in this whole uh, you know, scheme of events in, in that part of the world, uh, do you think Vladimir Putin and, and Ramzan Kadyrov, uh, the Chechen president, are they the good guys or the, you know, the good villains in all of this? Or is that all a charade and, and in fact, you know, those two are, are part of this as, as well? It's got to be a charade. Or is it because, impossible to tell? You know? Yeah, it's got to be a charade as far as Russia is concerned because uh, 15 years, 15 years before the Berlin Wall went down, Rockefeller took a, a delegation over to see uh, the president at that time, and, and he talked, and and, uh, and he also met Gorbachev later too. And he, he said, you know, uh, Europe is emerging into one solid block, 
And if you don't join us, you'll be ostracized completely for all your goods coming in and out of the country, etc. And basically that's when they, when they were given their, their orders uh, as to how things were going to be. And that's when it was decided when they'd actually bring the wall down in the future. Uh, and, and nothing. It was it wasn't was not public pressure. No matter how all the, all the movies out and all the rest of it, uh, uh, fiction, uh, it was not public pressure. It pulled the walls down. Believe you me. Uh, the, the, the 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 cops just give up one night and all go home. It didn't work like that at all. And of course we had Gorbachev at the top at the time. Maggie Thatcher had been parading him around Europe on a world tour on her arm. You know, like the best buddy. Uh, the press all agreed. By the way, on the world tour. Never to ask any questions on, on a political basis. Always to ask about the, his wife's lipstick and, and they talked about the facelift you get free in the Soviet Union and stuff like that. And it was all over the papers. And it wasn't for 10 years later the press admitted they'd all agreed to sign a document that they would not ask any nasty questions or, or, or unsettling questions to the, to this president. So they, they built him up to be the new type of Soviet. And that even was in the paper when Thatcher was parading him around. Uh, and this is the new Soviet, a different kind, a tender, more kinder Soviet. And so they're, they're getting the public prepared for it all back then. Uh, and now, of course, Gorbachev. They even, you know, Gorbachev was even put in charge of that big world greening society. And they gave him uh, the Presidio base, an, ex, an army base, as his headquarters in the U.S. to run all his greening campaigns for world socialism, by the way. He's, he's still pushing. It's in all the big magazines. I'm pushing world socialism. And here he is backed by the biggest bankers of the West to, to push world socialism. And, uh, and by the way, they gave him the license to operate, operate it when he was still president of the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the main reason I asked was because Putin obviously often seems at loggerheads with, with NATO and he has, has had run-ins with Anders Fogh Rasmussen, you know, um, on your know, policies in that part of, of, of the world. Yeah, yeah, they always give you a show of this, yeah. Yeah. They always give you a show because the Russians must still believe that he's, he's their man. They must believe it like we believe our guys are their man or whatever. <laughs> you understand? But thanks for calling. Back after this. Hi, folks. We're back in Cutting Through the Matrix. And you've got, you've got to always remember this, that they'll always slam Islam, Islamic um, terrorists and so on. You remember these so-called terrorists could be working for the CIA. Mercenaries don't care who they work for. And they'll dress the way that you expect them to look if they're, if they're Arabian-type terrorists or turbans on the whole bit. And uh, they're all over the world. And the special forces do the same thing, too. I was surprised how many uh, foreign groups that the Special Air Service trains and recruits and right across the world, uh, and they, they do the same kind of black ops as well. So there's nothing new in this. And we remember, too, Russia, uh, a few years ago, was caught red-handed. The special forces trying to blow up a building that were going to blame on the Chechnyans, and they were caught by the ordinary police halfway through the act, laying the charges. That was mainstream. Now we'll go to Stan from Ontario, if he's still there. Are you there, Stan? Hey, Alan. Yes. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. It was nice to... Talk to you again. I haven't talked to you for a while. Yeah. Uh, so you've been uh, following the Madrid stuff there uh, and the, uh, the harp. Uh, the yeah. Harp out today. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you think of all that flooding and all that business uh, with that uh, the harp? I mean, we've been following that, I guess, for a while. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much data on it uh, from 
from uh, even the early days in, in Beijing and so on, and the United Nations treaties they keep signing on weather warfare technology and, and so on, uh, that uh, they have the ability to do it. They've had it for a long time, and they have the systems up and running. They, they keep telling us it's for testing uh, the ionosphere. You don't have to put all this cash into testing the ionosphere, believe you me, across the world. Uh, these things are to be used for weapons, and they're run by the military. That's who's on the one at Alaska. It's the U.S. military uh, that, that run the thing, uh, right on their gate, in fact. So um, it's not been used for, for peaceful scientific purposes, put it that way. And earthquake was one of the things listed that they can do fairly easily is cause earthquakes and, and be very precise as to where they want them to happen. They all seem to be geared up down there with their FEMA operations ready to take place down there, down at Madrid, eh? Yes, and naturally, too, if you wanted to set up something big, you just hit where the fault lines are, and you just uh, pulse them for a while, and bingo, you'll get what you want. It will have to happen. Uh, it's, it's simple, really, and, and it's mechanics of it, uh, but it has to happen, and you can see off a, a huge earthquake. And, and again, at Age of Chaos, you use everything that you have, including all the quiet weaponry you have. Yeah. Well, they've certainly done a lot of damage by flooding all them farms and stuff. It looks like this is the year for them. Well, you created, I said that years ago when they talked about coming, I mean, the CFR was working on the coming food shortages for 15 years. 15 years ago, they set up special think tanks and departments to do with the coming food shortages. And it's on their website, you know. Yeah, it's it's incredible, isn't it? So, so yeah, you you can make it happen. And a few years ago, we had the massive floods in the breadbasket of Canada and the U.S. at the same time. The following year, it was drought, drought, drought. And then they admit, yes, we can create clouds, rain clouds, and we can also dissipate the clouds so they can cause flood or, 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 or drought. And we've, we've seen it in action. Uh, we've seen them spraying the skies every darn day, and they still won't talk about it, of course. The only thing Canada would say to any of its citizens, well, it's not us that are doing it. <laughs> They've already admitted it, haven't they, through their documents? And stuff. Yes, they have, yeah. 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 Well, it's nice to talk to you. Uh, hope you're well. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all, all we can do is hang on by our, our fingertips. That's all we got left here. But thanks for calling. Yep. And from Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>